Welcome to the Salty Hair Self-Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fole, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom leaders and self-care believers as we explore what taking care of ourselves looks like. So welcome to this week's Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation. I'm speaking with Mary Houston uh, this week, who is both a friend and a mentor to me. We recorded this conversation a few months ago and it's been really beautiful to listen to it again and to, you know, there's always new things which you take from it or which seem really pertinent at the moment that you listen to it. And Mary is, um, her, her work is a lot around the stories that we each hold and how we can bring them into our awareness and how we can then let those go. Um, and I've really witnessed that firsthand by working with her. And so we're today our conversation talks about that, that the stories or the kind of blocks that each of us has, I, I definitely have these and it's a continual process of bringing them to awareness and letting them go around self-care. And we talk about both um, these stories and how to let them go, but also Mary has kind of a, her own personal take on this because of where she's at in her life. She runs a business, she's a single mum, uh, she homeschools her son and her son Flynn has high needs. So she's she kind of brings all of those things as well um, as she shares her story. And I love so much of what we talk about, but there's Mary has a really special gift for asking wonderful questions. Things like, is that true? Am I willing? And and she really uses these to help us get clarity and self-responsibility. Mary talks about loving what is rather than kind of wishing for something else. She talks about switching problems for possibility. And I love that, you know, something she really helped me was was getting clear on my priorities and values um, so that I even knew what it was that I wanted. So I hope that you uh, find nourishment and uh, some ideas in this conversation and just holding your awareness, the invitation, what story or block are you willing to bring into your awareness? So you'll hear me ask you that at the end. I hope you enjoy so welcome to the Zimzam self-care conversation and today I am speaking with Mary Houston and I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. Um, but first I wanted to invite you Mary and everyone watching, just going to take three big deep breaths um, together to open up this space. So close your eyes or just lower your gaze and let's take a big deep breath in through our nose. Let that go out through our mouth. In through our nose. And out through our mouth. 
take one more big deep breath in through our nose. And out through our mouth. Let your breath just find a rhythm which feels natural, comfortable. As we get started, I set the intention that our conversation will be a source of joy and soul connection for us as we explore ideas and wisdom around our self-care and the stories that we hold. That these ideas may be valuable and useful for those listening and that we will all receive what we need to and collectively feel connected and nourished. I'd also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands where each of us sits around the world. For me, I recognise the Aboriginal people and their continuing connection to land, waters and community. I pay my deep respects to them and their cultures and to elders both past and present. So, welcome Mary. <laughs> I was reflecting today, I think it's two or three years ago we met online um, and since then, um, we've been friends and I've also had the pleasure of being coached by you um, in life, in business um, and that's your business. You are a personal growth pioneer. I love that. Um, and so you are that and you are also a single mum homeschooling your high um, needs son. Um, and I just I thought it was really important to open with that, to give everyone who's joining us today for this conversation um, a perspective on on your approach which I have always found to be compassionate insightful intuitive um, with a a touch of ass kicking and radical honesty I think is how you describe it so yeah. welcome <laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored to be here and I I just want to take a moment to reflect back to you just the the joy and the excitement of the work that you do in the world as well and the conversation the conscious conversations that you have because they're they're so significant and um and not many women are courageous enough to have them and so i i thank you and i honor you for, for holding yeah. this and having these conversations with us thanks mary can start crying before we even get started <laughs> 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 thank you um, um so yeah so um yeah so you start with me and and my where I'm where I am and my son and my family was that the did you ask me a question God, I, I didn't ask remember. you a question I just said that's kind of oh, where you are well I, I guess yeah, the is. kind of question that flows um is that you have a lot on your plate um yes yeah and so to kick off our conversation around self-care um, is to ask you, uh, you know, how do you do it? How do you keep a sense of connection with your soul? And how important is it? Is it possible to take care of yourself um, with all that is going on? Hmm, um, a truth serum um, answer. It, <laughs> it's not always. Um, it's it's really. It's really interesting and it's been quite a challenge to actually accept this invitation to talk to you about self-care because some, sometimes what, I, what we think self-care should be or has to look like is non-existent in my world. 
you know. Um, my uh, Flynn is almost seven and he's recently been diagnosed as autism and I homeschool him and gosh, a year now I took him out of school mm. a year ago. Um, and so I, I, I don't get any time to myself, you know, even on the toilet, you know, he, he's there, you know, we've had Lego people and phones and all kinds of things, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Um, and so how, how do I, how do I do it? I, you know, I've really had, it changes every day. Mm. And, um, and I think that that is something that I never thought was okay. That I thought that, you know, once you have a self-care prescription or ritual, that it, it had to um, take part, uh, take place that way every day. Otherwise, that was it. It was a fail. You know, yeah. you weren't doing it. Um, and so some days for me, um, and I was talking about this with my coach the other day because I was just like I'm so depleted I don't even have the energy to do self-care mm. you know and so it's literally for me some days it's like oh my tea is still hot mm. that, that is self-care some days that's that's it that's yeah. the extent yeah. of it and mm. that that connection to a hot cup of tea means I'm in the moment and I'm honoring myself and pressing pause on everything else because I want this hot drink or this hot meal. You know, it can be that simple. And then other days it can be more extravagant. You know, I, I might get an hour to myself or it might be moving my body or it might be meditation. But I think the important thing for anybody that's in the situation where they might be a single parent or a parent to a special needs child or just they've got lots of kids and they're running a business, it's to give yourself permission to let it be what it needs to be on any given day. Um, and that also that anything can be, self-care can be just in the hope even of mm. something. You know, some days I'll just, I'll just stand at the sink just breathe and I'll just go the one thing constant is that there's always change tomorrow can be different mm -hmm. and that can be my self-care you mm -hmm. know because I know in that moment you know I don't have the luxury of space and resources and and assistance you know we've talked about this before how do you find the space without the space mm -hmm. how do you find the time without the time yeah. you know and so sometimes it, it can only be in my thoughts that that self-care happens. Yeah. It can only be in that self-nurturing of my own inner dialogue and not a physical activity or action, Absolutely. you know. So it, it changes from moment to moment. Yeah, and I love so much of what you've said there, Mary, that I think that um, that ability and that awareness to name something which may seem very ordinary like mm. a cup of tea but to name that as self-care rather than unconsciously drinking it and moving like yes of course I'm going to have a hot cup of tea but that conscious receiving I think is such an important um part of self-care for any of us um you know that it's it doesn't have to be a manicure does it and it's and like you're saying that it doesn't have to be anything external um, I think as we start to find that internal, whether that kind of dialogue, that sitting quietly, that breath, 
that's where we really start to tap into something that can never be taken away from us, can yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can remember, you know, like getting so cross with myself and just thinking, you know, I, I, damn it, I should be doing more self-care and I should have this time and I'm entitled to have this space and I should have more help. And then I just, I don't even know where, why it came into my head, but I just suddenly had this image of Nelson Mandela in his cell, you know, and I was like, that man was in that space with nothing and he came out whole, mm. you know, and I was just like, sometimes the cells of our lives can feel like we're imprisoned, but we have the choice in any given moment mm. to decide whether we want to be the prisoner and feel imprisoned or whether we want to be in that cell and love it for what it is yeah yeah and that's amazing um just before we came on I just um I didn't even have cards with me I just flicked through and I came to Isis and there's a line there um where it says um oh where is it It says, um, she will help us move from the hell of our own fear into the heaven of our own love, mm. which just sounds exactly what you're saying there, right? It's that, it's that choice. It's Gabby Bernstein calls it the, the holy instant where we get to choose. Yeah. You know, it is, yeah. And I think that we're, you know, we're so conditioned to be in a permanent state of rejection and deflection you know I mean and you mentioned um being able to just receive the simplicity of a hot cup of tea and when I was meditating this morning and, and setting an intention for our, our call and our recording and receiving was so much of what came up because I think the biggest thing is not about what the self-care is but it's what it represents and it's that rejection or that receiving of ourselves you know because um and and really are we Sometimes I think all of the physical, <laughs> the real material self-care. <laughs> Sorry, just dying. Oh, right. <laughs> you got some water. Obviously, then, just the throat chakra is there. It obviously wants to talk, maybe doesn't want to talk about this, <laughs> but this whole idea of, um, you know, I think we as women are, we have a lot of um, rejection energy. Mm about us you know we have a lot of hostility because we've been hurt mm. and we have a lot of uh, huge barriers um and self-care for me really is vulnerability mm. you know it's, you can't have a relationship and a you're willing to be vulnerable with yourself mm. and really connect with what you need and where you're hiding and what you're rejecting and really listening to um, how you're how you need to heal yeah because you know? that's what self-care is about it's about healing isn't it it is and it's that coming back into um that kind of the higher self the soul the whatever you want to call it but it's it's excavating the disturbances um which you know other people's opinions which we've taken on or societal norms or 
all of those different things and just self-care is that quietening to get come back to that kind of place of yeah. of love basically isn't it it's, yeah it is <clears throat> which apparently is um <laughs> quite challenging <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's passing so Mary to kind of take that but also I think it's interesting because there's kind of two things that we're talking about that life life is wonderful um what is it that Glenn Doyle says life is brutal and it's beautiful it's brutal it's brutal yeah it's brutal and so it is hard hard sometimes to do this Mm. and we need to be compassionate with ourselves and allow it to be what it will be and but self-responsibility is also important and I think that's kind of the other bit of the conversation we wanted to have um because a lot of your work is around helping women to break free of self-limiting excuses or stories um because when it comes to taking care of ourselves we can be really good at not doing it or or why we shouldn't do it or why we're just going to do the thing before we get round to it. So I just, um, I think that's a, you know, I always say it's never about one thing. We, it's the self-compassion and the self-responsibility. It's the zim and the zam. And so this is kind of from where we have started off the conversation to talk about sometimes there are stories there and they need, they can be, rewritten as well yeah completely and I think you know we talked about this you know again that zim and zum of rejection and receiving you know Mm. it's like we have to we have to make up these stories we have to have these stories and these excuses that sound like valid reasons as to why we're rejecting because you know the harsh face of you know rejecting ourselves and looking after ourselves and not putting ourselves first and not loving ourselves enough you know the brutal truth of that is too bitter a pill to swallow so how do we buffer that you know we layer on the padding of the stories and the excuses you know and so to be able to say I don't have time I don't have the money is so much more justifiable than I don't love myself enough to do that for me right now. You know, I mean, that's brutal. Yeah. Whereas I don't have the money and you're like, that's justifiable. Mm. And so we live in this world of stories and excuses and lies, basically judgments and lies, because otherwise the, the truth is too brutal, mm. you know? And so it's just a means of, um, of buffering the blow but so much of the work that I do and I mean and you know you've experienced the the brutal (laughs) um, way I work is can you be brave and vulnerable enough to look at the truth behind the story you know and so there's always when I talk to people about story work that there's I always say to them there's kind of like three layers to the story work there's this the superficial um the words of the story and then you have the 
um, the emotional context of the story and sometimes where it might have come from, whether it's ancestral or from our parents and our upbringing. And then we have the energetics, the blueprint of the story, you know, and so our stories need healing on all three layers, all three levels, if it's going to be fully restored and fully mm-hmm. resolved. And nine times out of 10, most people will only stay at that superficial mm-hmm. level, you know, and, and sort of be in that place of just moving things around. And it's kind of like dusting without really cleaning, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but you know ultimately these stories are there and they're there they are formed from society they are conditioned into us they come from social media they come from our parents but then we also there is an element of us choosing to keep them you know so like Wayne Dyer always talks about the fact that you can't change the story that's happened from you know from what's happened in the past but you can you can choose as to whether or not you keep telling it you know and so there comes a point where yes that story might not have come from you it might have been imprinted and most likely was imprinted by somebody that was your caregiver Mm -hmm. you know when you were younger but now as an adult you have the choice the self-responsibility to to decide whether or not you want to carry on fondling and living out that story or whether you want to rewrite it into something different and and that really is the work that I do is is holding that space for women to come into that place because mostly they're like yeah no not don't want to rewrite it just want to blame everybody else for it yeah and then eventually they come to that place where I realize I can't change anything until I really own this and get clear on what I want the new version to be instead of just picking up somebody else's mm. new story and replacing it with yeah. something from someone else yeah and I think it's really important um or if I'd been listening to this conversation three years ago I'd be sitting here really angry going you don't know about me you don't know my life. I have no stories, but I don't have the time. I'm a busy mum of three. And I'd just like to say to anyone who's having that reaction, that's something to pay attention to. Because that's, these stories aren't even, it's not that we, we may not even be aware that we're telling them to ourselves. It's not something that we're sat down and said, oh, I'm going to form a story to keep me safe or to yeah. because I'm scared or because I don't think I'm worth it. It it happens on a much deeper kind of like you're saying and you know in in levels that are it's not a kind of just thinking thing. Yeah. It's a, it happens on a much more subtle level. Mm. You know, we don't sort of consciously sit down and go, "Oh, what excuses do I come up with today in order to get out of the things or justify, you know, yeah. the things that I do or don't want to do?" Um, but I think it's it's one of the reasons why uh, I think women, uh, the women who do resonate with me resonate with me so much is because I talk about this stuff, but at the same time, I'm also really living a hard, I'm doing it tough, mm. you know, and so 
you know, I'm I'm so low looking after my special needs son, and I I I'm solely responsible for our income. And you know, so when people and when women can come at me with those, you don't know how how oh, actually I I do. And yeah. yes, no, and I'm not even in that space where you know it's kind of so many people can look at so many spiritual teachers of our age who who are clearly more way more comfortable you know financially and with their resources and with their position but there's something about the divine that likes to keep me in 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 the real world (laughs) and I think it's part of my mission to to be able to have this life and still still keep my head above water and still rewrite the stories to so that I can say to people and inspire people mm. that you can do this and you can get through these stories and you can change and you can create whatever you need to create yeah. and still be faced with hard you know hard things you know yeah. if we all have hard things life is hard for many many people and and it's also again I mean one of the stories that the story sicknesses that is you know epidemic in our our culture is judgment Mm. you know Uh, and so it's it's even that that you don't know how hard my life is 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 a judgment on the other person that 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 you're you're assuming they're not going to see you that they're not going to understand that they're not going to have compassion you know and so when we're able to just really just pause and breathe and go we have that awareness like you said instead of jumping into the rejection and the judgment mm. and just go okay, this is what I'm feeling. We did a a self-love challenge in my group last Mm. month. (laughs) For the first three weeks, they were all coming up with positive ways they loved themselves. The first week was really hard. And they were like, I can't do this, Mary. I can't find the ways. And then the second week, they got into it. And by the third week, they were like, oh my God, I'm awesome. I'm loving this. And then the fourth week, I dropped on them. Okay, this week, we're going to love the things we don't like. And they were like, no, 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 no. Don't take me back there. Don't yeah. make me that place. I was like, all the things, the cellulite on your thighs, or I've got really wide knees and I shout at my son and, you know, I judge other people who have more money than me. All those other things, we're going to love the things we don't like about ourselves. That's this week's part of the challenge. And oh my goodness, that was cat amongst the pigeons you know yeah. and I can of worms I'm just saying <laughs> you know but that really is self-love and it's the gateway to self-care for yeah. me because it's like when you can just be with the I don't have money for a massage but I love that yeah oh the judgment is gone mm-hmm. all of a sudden and it's like and you wait and see what shows up when you can do that you know I don't have anybody to look after my son. I can't get a break, but I love that. And then all of a sudden somebody offers to have him for an hour. You know, when, so when we can love what is mm-hmm. and we remove the judgment on ourselves or on others, that's the gateway to abundance and possibility and creation and self-care, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it's it's that, you know, that loving ourselves because of, not despite our humanness, yes. isn't it? You know, it's and it's I think it's great to start in that loving the bits that are easy, start where it's there's not the resistance. But then I think it, exactly what you're saying, that moving into because life life be lifing, you know, there there are times when it flows more and then there's times when shit happens. Yeah. And you know, the point of all of this isn't just to be happy all the time, but there's something about having a practice and or having practices which help you stay anchored and to not just spiral um, yeah. out of control when those times happen. And I yeah. kind of think of it as having an anchor and so we weather the storm and it doesn't mean we get we'll still get buffered about, but it's kind of less or there's something to go back to. It makes a little bit more sense of it. And that is one of my anchors. You know, your first question right at the beginning was how do I maintain that sense of connection to myself? Mm. Sometimes it is stating the obvious. My son has autism and I didn't sign up for this, <sighs> but I love that. Mm. You know, like I'm exhausted today and I do not want to wash, but I love that, mm. you know, and I, I have to show up for my work today and I really resent expending the little bit of energy that I have on other people but I love that you know so what that's you know it's almost like that is one of my anchors yeah. to stay connected to the realness because if not that's when we bury it yeah. and it and then it bubbles up and it turns into resentment and it turns into and instead of if I just sat there every morning and gone I don't want my son to be autistic I don't want to be so mm. tired I don't want to have to show up for work today yeah. energetically you know what am I feeding with that mm. But to sit in that and go, oh, but I love that anyway. Suddenly I make peace with it. And it's mm. like, okay, onward for today. You know? yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, gosh, I've been on this journey, you know, for, you know, 25 years I've been studying personal growth and spiritual growth and development, you know. So it's, I haven't suddenly arrived at this place mm. where these practices are easy, but you know, I'm just here to say they're possible yeah. and, you know, that, that there are many different ways to find that, that space for yourself. Yeah, I love that. So I thought, Mary, what we might do, just as a kind of final thing, um, you've given us this beautiful booklet of yours. I'm going to pop the link below. Um, and you've said five stories sabotaging your success and how to rewrite them. So I thought we might just take one of them. Um, and even though in here you're not talking specifically about self-care, they still relate to I think, Yeah, I think they all really speak to self-care anyway, yeah. Exactly. So the first one is I don't have enough time. And so I thought we might just um, riff on that a little. If you could help us just explore it, just ex excavate into the story a little. Why do we tell ourselves that story? And then like show us that process of the turnaround of how we can rewrite that so that um, people, if they're finding themselves telling that story, if they're, if, if they're sitting here saying, it's not a story, I am busy, you know, mm -hmm. I am too busy, I, I work full time, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. This isn't a story, this is reality too. Um, because for me, that's how I was for, for years. Yeah. You know, I was like, it just 
this is my reality. I am too busy to take care of myself. Um, and then, like you said, the things that are really hard to say, I can now look back and say I had completely lost connection with myself and it was so painful. I didn't even know what I liked. And so yeah. as if I was going to spend a minute of time being subjected to that pain. Yeah. But you know what's much easier to say is I don't have time. Yeah. I, I couldn't articulate the first version. Um, yeah. So, so is that something that you can? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like we, we started to sort of talk about it a little bit earlier when we were talking about that, that brutal truth. Mm. You know, the, the stories are there really as smoke screens yeah. to, um, to take us away from that brutal truth, which, mm. like you said, is that, well, that, that brutal truth is too painful. And so it's much easier to have all these stories and so and we have these stories personally we have them politically we have them culturally mm-hmm. they're everywhere and people are using them as smoke screens to hide from pain mm-hmm. you know and so, so how can like, we even tell that there's a story there as a kind of first port of call so one, of the, one of the first things that you can just do is just to ask yourself is that true you know and so classic um, Mary question <laughs> you know, it's just to say I, so people say I don't have the time okay well is that true and they go well of course it's true I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's true if it's not yeah. true okay. so then um the, the when Byron Katie does a lot of work on stories and changing your stories and and she asks you to go is it really true and then you go, I just want you to pause. Don't get defensive. Don't, don't reject me or this. So just sit with it and just close your eyes and come into your heart and think of 24 hours in a day. Really, is it true? Is, is there 1% of your body that says, what? Well, Maybe I had time if I moved things around a bit, you know. And so you invite people in to just, first of all, challenging the absolute mm. truth. And then once you've cracked that a little bit, they can go, okay, so, so then what else, what else am I looking at? What else am I dealing with here, you know? And so if, I, if I'm saying that and it's not true, well, then what does that leave me with, you know? And so the the next part of the work that Byron Katie follows and this is the work that I do with it's one aspect of the work I do with my clients is to get women to think about okay so let if you really believe that story is true I don't have the time what's your life going to continue to look like I just want you to picture it for me at every time there's always tears because they then go into this well there is the massage never comes the help never comes and I burn out and there's no time there's no money there's no it's just nothing and and they fall in you know and so we we energetically we shake that off and then we come back to that tiny little fragment of them that said there's possibility that it might not be true and so then I go I just want you to imagine your life now if you could have the same life, the same busy life, the same crazy kids, but you couldn't have that thought, I don't have enough time. It just couldn't come into your head. 
you know, we've given you a lobotomy and you just can't access those words. You know, you're still run ragged with work, but you can't blame lack of time. How, how would life be different? And the first thing that I always see is people, women just go, and they breathe and they go, well, I, I wouldn't feel so guilty or I wouldn't judge myself so much or I wouldn't feel so angry or I wouldn't feel so rushed. And then they can start to explore what other truths might be there or, you know, what other possibilities might be there. And then they start to go, oh, well, actually, if I said no to that thing I don't really want to go to anyway, then actually I could find an hour for myself to go for a walk on the beach or go for a swim or have a massage or go for a coffee date or go on a date with my husband. or, And then they just start to open up the possibility. So the, the, the main component of my work is in empowering women to switch problem for possibility. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can you drop the problem that there's not enough time and explore the possibility that there might be something else possible, mm. you know? And so then they, then, we, then they start to sort of brainstorm possibilities, yes. you know? And it's not even, I want you to go and do those things. I just want you to wonder, you know, what might be possible if you could just think a little bit differently about it. And so, and inevitably that just the judgment stops and they, their, their body drops a little and their breath drops a little and they just start to see when you're so focused on one thing, I don't have the time, I don't have the time, I don't have the time, how, how they've just become so laser focused. But then when you can't have that thought and you can't blame that, it's like a, it's an indirect wet route to self-responsibility mm. that you're then able to just go, okay, well, maybe if I change that for that and I change that for that. Mm. And then you do, and then so the final piece I give I always give my clients homework or heart work. And I say, so I say to them, I just want you to say, you know, just play with what else is possible. You know, what could you come up with instead? You know, and the first one is just the exact opposite. I do have the time. You know, how does that feel? Could that be true for you? Mm. You know, just as just as you found the tiny one percent of you that wasn't happy with the, you know, the I don't have the time. Mm. Is there one percent of you that agrees possibly that you do have the time? Mm. And so then it's like, okay, well, if I moved things around, it's then we start to look at our priorities. And so I don't have the time, and I don't have the money are the two biggest stories with blanket with everything like mm. self-care investing in yourself going on holiday buying new clothes buying organic food yeah. they're the two biggest stories that I hear with everything yeah. and they are both a smokescreen for priorities and values mm. and so when you're able to get really clear on what your priorities and it's like you said to me earlier on when you started to think about this a few years ago you didn't even know what you wanted Mm. how could you choose something that you didn't even know you wanted Mm. you know and so what this process just invites you to do is slow down enough to dream a little bit about what you do want and start to see what's important to you and look at your values and look at your priorities and then most women start to see that actually they're spending so much time doing things that are not even in alignment with their values. 
you know, and then that's that then becomes the sort of unpicking and the unraveling of it all is you start to realize and nothing changes super fast for some people. It's just like, okay, so now, oh God, now I have to explore my values and why I'm not loving myself enough to do that. And so we do that and we do it in the same sort of gentle, brutal way. Mm. But you can slowly start to unpick this, mm. you know, just by asking questions. It yeah. doesn't need to be, I always say to people, I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm a, I'm a, I describe my way of coaching to people as I'm an architect, not an archaeologist. I don't mm-hmm. like digging dirt. Mm-hmm. I don't like going back and making your knuckles bleed on all of the woes and worries and how hard it's been. I'm here to help you rebuild your life and give you the vision, yeah. you know? And so sometimes so many women, we, we talked about the smoke screens for the pain. We, we tell these stories because we don't want to face the brutal truth of the pain. And there is this story, this collective story that healing hurts. Mm. There is a collective story that to fix ourselves is going to be painful. I mean, I even came across a book the other day that said this is a, this is a, this is going to hurt. Yeah. You know, and it's like this, we have this collective story that it has to be hard. Mm. You know? And we are, so we're preempting that. And so yeah. we avoid it and we perpetually keep the story cycle going yeah. because we, we're trying to avoid something that's not even true in the first place. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so it's nine times out of 10, most women will go, was that it? Like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that, that was it. It yeah. was, again, just another story that you were blocking yourself from this yeah. opportunity to come into wholeness. Absolutely. And it's, it's from working with you and from doing this. I remember the first couple of times it was clunky and, but it was learning a new language, um, you know? And so the first time it is kind of, you've got to step through every step, but it then becomes a natural, you'll just kind of find yourself going, Oh, I'm not going to do that. No time. Oh, Oh, did I just say I didn't have time? Let me just yeah. bring myself back. Let me just call myself back on this one. And then it can be that quick, you know, the next time to go like, do I really want to do that? Do you know what? Yeah. I don't. Okay, I don't. that's I, fine. I, I'm going to say yeah, that. And I remember you, you know, saying to me, it's actually just I don't want to do it. There were yeah. so many things feeling that I don't want to be doing that yeah. if I don't do those things, yeah. I've actually got loads of time, you know. Yeah. So, and sometimes also it, it is that we don't have the time and that's okay too. Yeah. You, know, you might ask the question, I don't have the time, is that true? And really genuinely it is, it, it's true. Yeah. But the thing is, is, it's not about whether it's true or not. It's about who do you become when you hold on to that thought? Mm. So like the, the kind of final part of the process is just who would you be without that thought or that story? Yeah. Who would you be without that? this is hard, this, I don't have the money, I don't have the time. I, if I get up in the morning and I think I don't have the energy, that's my big thing at the moment, mm. you know, because I've been sick and, and then I look at Flynn and he's already having a meltdown and he's only just opened his eyes. And I just have to go, if I stay in this story, how is my day going to run? Yeah, It's going to turn to shit really quickly, you know? Whereas if I just say, who could I be without that story? I can be, I can love him. 
don't have to change him. I can be tired. I can say no. Mm. And that's just how I roll some mm. days. You know? and, and actually one of the things that it's so Flynn, cause funny because Flynn caught me, reflected it right back at me. One of the things that I've taught him, I think the only way we can deal with this is just, you know, what, how are you going to choose differently? You know, who would you be without that thought? You know, and I think I was yelling something at him, something like this is, you know, Flynn, you're not going to get this because it's just your autism kicking in. And, you know, and he's like, Mama, who would you be without that thought? <laughs> I taught you that yeah <laughs> but in that moment it, that was it that was the turnaround that I needed to access the different to change of my day you know and it's uh, I'm not saying that it's easy I always say to everybody that I work with or that I teach this stuff isn't easy I'm not saying it's easy but it's simple mm. it's really simple yeah you know but it's not easy it takes courage and it takes vulnerability and it takes honesty and it takes great desire and willingness mm. to be something else you know like one of the things that I actually ask all my clients now before I work with them before I even ask them what do you want how do you think I can help you I ask them are you willing are you willing to do whatever it takes for this to change? Yeah. Because if you're not, I'm not the right person for you to work with. And it's okay if you're not there right now. Yeah. You know, it's okay if you're not quite ready and willing. Yeah. But if you are, oh, that's just, it's so yeah. awesome. It's that's when, you know, so much is possible with yeah. self care, with self love, with self worth, yeah. with receiving with everything it's just and so that even that to leave your community with another tool is if you find yourself fighting the self-care battle you know and you're beating yourself up and having judgment or you're blaming time or blaming money it's just to ask yourself that honest question am I willing to do what it takes to make myself feel better yeah you know, and because if you're not, stop fighting the fight. Yeah, let it Just go. Shame it. Yeah. You know, I, I said to, to um, my sister, in fact, the other day, I, she was trying to talk to me about something and I was like, I can't do this right now. Can we shelve this for another time? Because I'm not willing to go there right now. Mm. And that's totally fine. I gave myself permission yeah. to not have that resource and that desire and that willingness at the time yeah. so even just to ask yourself before that is it true is like am I willing yeah. to even discover the answer to this question I'm about yeah. to ask myself because if you're not don't even go there because it will just you'll meet resistance and judgment and you'll make yourself feel bad yeah. you know so that that. Is it is such an expansive kind of calling in isn't it yeah. you know am I willing I am yeah. willing you know, it just, it kind of feels like a gateway to miracles, doesn't it? Just that yeah, absolutely. statement. You know, it's like, I don't have the time. Am I willing to find the time? Yeah. Right now, no. Mm. Okay, then that's fine. Carry on. And then in a week or two weeks or in a month or a year, yeah. you will be met with another trigger that will make you ask the question again. Yeah. 
you know, and um, and that's what this 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 life is about. It's a journey. There's no right or wrong. Yeah, you know, it's just just there's only inquiry and there's awareness and there's invitation and there's willingness. Mm. And when you're ready, you know what you know it. You know, and I think if so many of us could give ourselves permission to stop fighting the fight until we're willing, we would we would reduce so much of our own self um, suffering. Yeah that angst yeah and I would add to that to that list great conversation which um just to me is part of the meaning of life and yeah. Mary this has just been delicious delightful soul you know food for the soul um and it's I, always a pleasure jamming with you so always. so much Mary it, um you have given us so much beautiful insight and so much of your vulnerable sharing and your generous wisdom as well so thank you so so much for being with us today thank you thank you for having me and um thank you for listening to everybody who's listened and um yeah yeah and i'm gonna pop all your socials down below and i will pop um that beautiful pdf that you have made for us um for everyone to dive into um and i just wanted to invite everyone who has watched this um to have a think um and really hold in your awareness what story or what block are you willing and just are you willing to bring into your awareness and as Mary said there's there's steps after that but let's just come to that first step of willingness um so I would love to hear below and then we can support each other and work through those beautiful steps that Mary has outlined there and they're in the booklet so we can um as a community hold that space um so until next time I hope you have a week filled with joy and with peace big love Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this Salty Hair self-care conversation. I hope you are feeling nourished, connected, a sense of aliveness, the way talking about ideas does. And maybe, wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in our Salty Hair self-care membership, a beautiful, inclusive community of women monthly online circles and gatherings, regular prompts and inspiration, and a sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is currently $25 a month, and that'll be going up to $40 a month shortly. There's a link below to come and join us. If you're listening on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. That helps others find these conversations too. And finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day. Bye.